Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Hey friends, this is a first. This is a pre-show comment. I recorded today's program yesterday, but I didn't publish as I would normally do so, and that's unusual, but I decided that I wanted the opening content to not be misunderstood. Truth, by definition, truth by definition is exclusive. There's true and false. But keep listening, and I trust that you'll understand why. Why, importantly, relative to what you're going to hear from Jesus today, I began the show the way that I did, so... Here we go with the show as recorded. Hey friends, learn this. Truth, by definition, is divisive. Let me say that again. Truth, by its very definition, is divisive. Why? Well, for one, uh, because an apple is not an orange. Hey, hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's daily audio Bible where we read through every word of God's revelation of himself and consider our own stories in light of all of that, including, which interestingly for a guy who has a heart for unity in the church, including the idea that truth is divisive. And honestly, that's something that in my life I've had to wrap my head around. And while that idea has a host of implications, it also is something to keep in mind today relative to some of the stuff that we're going to hear Jesus say. Now, I'll put a bow on it and wrap it all up in our reflection segment today. But as we turn to our New Testament segment, it'll make some sense out of what you're going to hear Jesus say with regard to family. Like, here, listen for the brother and father and kids stuff. In the last couple days in our New Testament part of... uh, of Matthew, we've heard stories demonstrating the authority of Jesus, and today that turns to his authoritative mission and that of, more specifically, of his messengers. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest was where chapter 9 ended up, Matthew chapter 10. Summoning his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Jebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Judas, Judas, I'm just going to leave that in there because we're keeping it real here. Jesus sent out these 12 after giving them instructions saying, don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles and don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt, sandals, or a staff for the worker is worthy 
of his food. When you enter any town or village, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. Greet a household when you enter it, and if the household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Look, catch this, friends. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of them, because they will hand you over to the local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak. For you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father who is speaking through you. Here we go. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they say the same about members of his household? Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. The one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it, and anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. The one who welcomes you welcomes me, and the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he's righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. And 
Anyone who gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because, of, because he is a disciple, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. And that is Matthew chapter 10. All right, we're going to come back to that, right? Remember, truth is divisive, and it relates to Jesus, the person and work. Turning back to our Old Testament segment today, we, um, we're continuing in this really significant section about really restoration. And even though the language is the Old Testament language, remember this. Remember that before the covenant of peace, and before that, that can become a reality and God's permanent sanctuary can be rebuilt, which is what we're going to be reading for the next couple days, God has to destroy enemies who live outside the promised land. And today we're going to hear, you know, Gog of Magog and all his hordes and about a major attack by Gog and his allies on God's restored people. And the battle brings great peril to God's people and upheavals in the natural world To be fair, just remember this. This type of literature is called apocalyptic, something we see in Daniel and Isaiah and Zechariah and Revelation. And needless to say, theologians have long discussed when that is fulfilled. Was it back then? Is it in the future to us or what? Importantly, though, the key thing to keep in mind is, the, is that all of this has to happen in order for God's glory to be revealed. And he must act decisively and powerfully against all opposition to that goal. Ezekiel chapter 38. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, face Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, This is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with all your army, including horses and riders who are all splendidly dressed, a huge assembly armed with large and small shields, and all of them brandishing swords. Persia, Cush, and Put are with them, all of them with shields and helmets, Gomer with all its troops, and Beth Torgamah from the remotest parts of the north, along with all its troops. Many peoples are with you. Be prepared and get yourself ready. You and your whole assembly that has been mobilized around you, you will be their guard. After a long time, you will be summoned in the last, and in the last years, you will enter a land that has been restored from war and regathered from many peoples to the mountains of Israel, which had long been a ruin. They were brought out from the peoples, and all of them now live securely. You, all your troops, and many peoples with you will advance coming like a thunderstorm, and you will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Lord God says. On that day, thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will devise an evil plan. You will say, I will advance against the land of open villages. I will come against a tranquil people who are living securely, all of them living without walls and without bars or gates, in order to seize spoil and carry off plunder, to turn your hand against ruins now inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations who have been acquiring cattle and possessions and who live at the center of the world. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all its rulers will ask you, have you come to seize spoil? 
Have you mobilized your assembly to carry off plunder, to make off with silver and gold, to take cattle and possessions, to seize plenty of spoil? Therefore prophesy, son of man, and say to Gog, This is what the Lord God says, On that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know this and come from your place in the remotest parts, remotest parts of the north, you and many peoples with you who are all riding horses, a huge assembly, a powerful army? Will you advance against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land? It will happen in the last days, Gog, that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I demonstrate my holiness through you in their sight. This is what the Lord God says. Are you the one I spoke about in former times through my servants, the prophets of Israel, who for years prophesied in those times that I would bring you against them? Now on that day, the day when Gog comes against the land of Israel, this is the declaration of the Lord God, my wrath will flare up. I swear in my zeal and fiery wrath, on that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the animals of the field, every creature that crawls on the ground and every human being on the face of the earth will tremble before me. The mountains will be demolished, the cliffs will collapse, and every wall will fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against him on all my mountains. This is the declaration of the Lord God. And every, every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute... Does that sound familiar there? I, here's God talking to Gog. I will call for a sword against him on all my mountains, and every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment on him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour out torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur on him, as well as his troops and the many peoples who are with him. I will display my greatness and holiness and will reveal myself in the sight of many nations." then they will know that I am the Lord. As for you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, this is what the Lord God says, look, I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around, drive you on, and lead you up from the remotest parts of the north. I will bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock your bow from your left hand and make your arrows drop from your right hand. You, all your troops, all the peoples who are with you will fall on the mountains of Israel. I will give you as food to every kind of predatory bird and to the wild animals. You will fall on the open field, for I have spoken. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will send fire against Magog and those who live securely on the coasts and islands. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So I will make my holy name known among my people Israel and will no longer allow it to be profaned. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Yes, it is coming, and it will happen. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This is the day I have spoken about. Then the inhabitants of Israel's cities will go out, kindle fires, and burn the weapons, the small and large shields, the bows and arrows, the clubs and spears, and for seven years they will use them to make fires. They will not gather wood from the countryside or cut it down from the forests, for they will use the weapons to make fires. 
They will take the loot from those looted, who looted them and plunder those who plundered them. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Now on that day, I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the Traveler's Valley east of the sea. It will block those who travel through, for Gog and all his hordes will be buried there. So it will be called Hordes of Gog Valley. The house of Israel will spend seven months burying them in order to cleanse the land. And the people of the land will bury them, and their fame will spread on the day I display my glory. This is the declaration of the Lord God. They will appoint men on a full-time basis to pass through the land and bury the invaders who remain on the surface of the ground in order to cleanse it. They will make their search at the end of seven months. When they pass through the land and one of them sees a human bone, he will set up a marker next to it until the barriers have buried it in the hordes of Gog Valley. There will even be a city named Hamana there. So they will cleanse the land. Just got to look this up. Oh, that Hamana is apparently related to the word horde. Well, there you go, because I can't help myself. And you and I are just having a conversation. Here we go. Son of man, this is what the Lord God says. Tell every kind of bird and all the wild animals, assemble and come. Gather from all around to my sacrificial feast that I am slaughtering for you, a great feast on the mountain of Israel. You will eat flesh and drink blood. Oh, man, I wish I had time to get into this with you. You will eat flesh and drink blood. You will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of the earth's princes, rams, lambs, male goats, and all the fattened bulls of Bashan. You will eat fat until you are satisfied and drink blood until you are drunk at my sacrificial feast that I have prepared for you. At my table, you will eat your fill of horses and riders and of mighty men and all the warriors. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I think that's figurative language. I will display my glory among the nations and all of the nations will see the judgment that I have executed and the hand I have laid on them. From that day forward, the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God. And the nations will know that the house of Israel went into exile on account of their iniquity because they dealt unfaithfully with me. Therefore I hid my face from them and handed them over to their enemies so that they all fell by the sword and I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and transgressions, and I hid my face from them. So this is what the Lord God says. Now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have compassion on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. They will feel remorse for their disgrace and all the unfaithfulness they committed against me when they live securely in the land with no one to frighten them. When I bring them back from the peoples and gather them from the countries of their enemies, I will demonstrate my holiness through them in the sight of many nations. They will know that I am the Lord their God when I regather them to their own land after having exiled them among the nations. I will leave none of them behind. I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will pour out my spirit, capital S, for I will pour out my spirit, on the house of Israel. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Whoa, dogie. All right. Final piece on truth is divisive. 
And I'm going to kind of blow through this. But I think it even relates to what we just read. Right? Um, if you're with me, we're cool. If you're not with me, ooh, not so good. Right? My friends, truth isn't divisive. Because our, because our hearts are to be, to be divisive. Right? We're not supposed to be divisive. No, it's because the opposite of true is false. Or if you want the more formal language, it's the law of non-contradiction, which states that contradictory propositions cannot both be true at the same time and in the same sense, right? Truth isn't ice cream, like I prefer vanilla, It's the, which I prefer to call preferences. It's like if you say, truth, this is an apple, at the same time, it's not an orange or a cheetah or a pickup truck. So remember what Paul wrote to the Romans saying that we should do, right? He said uh, in Romans 12, so far as it depends on us, be at peace with all people. And we can have, we can be at peace with someone even if we agree to disagree. Now that said, Paul said that we should do it as far as it depends on us, but others may make different choices. Brother betray brother, children betray parents. Well, that's an opposite, obviously. And Jesus was warning that that would happen. Now here's the thing. If Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, rejecting truth is rejecting Jesus. Rejecting Jesus is rejecting truth, right? He is or he isn't what he declared himself to be, the way, the truth, and the life. And if he is, then those who reject him are wrong. And obviously in the Christian worldview, and regardless of whether or not that whole Gog and Magog thing is past, present, or future, there are eternal consequences, whichever choice you make truth by definition is exclusive i love my i love you my friends amen amen